Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. The other day, I heard a gentleman answer the question, How are you doing? By responding, I'm too blessed to be stressed. What a great way for us to approach our lives. In today's message, John will show us how to manage the stress in our lives from a biblical perspective. When I say stress, different things come to your mind. Some of you are thinking about people who cause you stress. Some of you may be thinking about the person sitting next to you who's causing you stress right now. Sometimes we think, and I don't get in trouble out there, don't make eye contact at this moment. Some of you may be thinking about a work situation. I read that 25% of American workers identify their jobs as their number one stressor in life. And so when I say stress... You may be thinking about a boss or a coworker, the demands and responsibilities of your job. Maybe when you hear the word stress, you think about a family situation. Something's going on and you just feel overwhelmed and the responsibilities are so great and the schedule is so hectic. You say, man, this is stressing me out. And so it could be something different for everybody. I read that between 75 and 90% of all doctor's visits are stress-related. And so if you're a doctor... And somebody comes to see you and you don't know what the problem is. If you just take a shot at it and say, I think it's stress, you're probably going to be right. Because 75, 90% of the time, that's what it is. 43% of adults have physical problems that actually have been caused by stress. That could be high blood pressure. That could be ulcers. That could be headaches. be a lot of different things. But stress is a real deal. And stress is something we all struggle with. We can't eliminate it, can't remove it, can't avoid it, but we do need to learn how to manage stress. As I was thinking about it myself and writing down some words that I think of when I think of stress, I think about pressure. We all have that feeling of pressure. Nervous energy. When a person is stressed out, there is some anxiety. I'm going to come to anxiety a little bit later, but there is anxiety involved with that. Uh, And so I'm just calling that nervous energy. There's certainly worry. And I think the best word, at least for me, when I think about stress, it is a feeling of being overwhelmed. You just feel like things are coming at me so fast. It's kind of like we're juggling uh, three balls, and before we know it, we're juggling four, and then we're juggling five and six and seven, and you think, how long can I keep juggling this many balls without one of them falling? And there's a limit out there, certainly. So sometimes we just feel overwhelmed. Now, stress is the body's response to danger. That's why we have, there are stress hormones within our body, and when we get stressed up, those hormones begin to release, and those hormones go all over our bodies. And it's in, in, there is a sense in which God made that. God created the body. So if we have stress hormones, God gave those to us. So you say, why would, we, why would God have placed something in me that can cause me to tense up and feel all this? Well, because God knew that there would be times in life where we needed to be stressed out. We might be in a dangerous situation. And in a dangerous situation, you need some a release of adrenaline or even some stress hormones to release to cause you to action. For example, back during Hurricane Harvey, if your house was about to get flooded with water, 
uh, you felt stress and you felt a surge of energy. You had this thing go through your mindset, I've got to do something. We've either got to try to block the water from coming in or if water's come in, we've got to sweep it out so it won't get up on the uh, sheetrock and cause mold. So you had that, but in that case, that was a good thing because that stress, that tension led to action. Maybe you're driving down the road and somebody cut, you're going 70 miles an hour and somebody cuts in front of you and so all of a sudden you tense up. Well, that's good. Causes you to hit the brakes, causes you to change lanes, causes you to avoid an accident. So stress can be, actually, and tension even, can be a good thing if there's a purpose for it and there's an outlet. It causes us to do something constructive. The problem with stress, at least this is my experience, and I think it's everybody, it's all of us would say this. The problem is many times we have these muscle tightness, racing heartbeat, flooded mind. I had a friend tell me one time, and I thought his description was really good. He said, when we get stressed out, he said, our mind becomes flooded and we have so many thoughts racing through our minds, that's really what causes a panic attack or an anxiety attack. That's what causes that heart to start running. That's what causes the uh, palms to start sweating. That's what causes all these feelings that we sometimes get is our mind becomes flooded. Here's what I'm saying. Stress, when there's no purpose for it and there's no outlet for it, you don't, you're not trying to avoid an accident. You're not trying to get the water out of your house. You just have that feeling, and there's nothing you can do with it. That's when stress can become chronic because you've got no way to release it. And that's when stress can become problematic. If you're driving down the interstate and you get stressed out and you avoid an accident, that's not going to do you any damage. That did you some good. But if you have that same feeling day after day, week after week, month after month, you're always tensed up, yet there's no purpose. There's no pending accident. There is no flood. You, but you have that same feeling. And there's no release. There's no outlet. Then you can have a problem. And then there can be some even physical uh, consequences to that. So what I want to do at the beginning of the message today is I want to just make three overriding statements, uh, overarching statements about stress that I think will be a good foundation for what we're thinking about today. Number one, I would simply say stress is a part of life. I've already said that, but I'm going to say it again. Stress is a part of life, and it can be a good part. Take a violinist, violinist playing that violin. Well, you need some stress on the strings, or the music would be dull and flat. But if the strings are wound too tight, then there's going to be a high pitch to it. And so too much stress is not good. But stress is just part of life. We all have to deal with that. The second thing I would say is that stress gradually builds. Stress can build little by little, and we're not even aware of the fact that it is building until out there there is a, there's a bursting point or there's an explosion or the mind is flooded and now we say, oh my, what has happened? Well, it seems as though it happened all of a sudden, but if we could take it back, we would see that something was going on at work and it caused you some stress, but you could handle that. Something's going on at home, and it caused you some stress. You can handle that. Something was going on financially, caused you a little more stress, but you were doing okay. You were still functioning. You could handle that. Then you had a health problem, and you were doing okay with that, and it caused you more stress, but you were able to deal with that. Then somebody in your family died, 
And now you're grieving and the stress of that. And, and out there, you just keep having things like that. And then out here, somebody says something to you at work and it stresses you out. And you just have a meltdown or you just lose it. And you think, oh, I can't take it. And in your mind, it's this thing that happened at work when actually that's just what pushed you over the edge. It was all these other things. Stress happens gradually whether we even realize it or not. This happened to me last Saturday. I was going last Saturday morning to MD Anderson to pick my parents up. They had been there for three days finishing my mother's second round of chemo. And so I had a funeral on Saturday afternoon at 2.30 at Forest Park East uh, down this way for one of our faithful members headed down toward in the League City area. And, of course, MD Anderson is the other way. And I would said to my dad, I said, if y'all get released any time before noon... I can be there, pick you up, take you home, and still be at the funeral, no problem. Maybe even a little bit later than that. So he didn't know when they were going to get released. And so I called him first thing Saturday to try to figure out their schedule so I could plan my day. And he said, well, we're still not sure when the doctor's going to come, when we might get released. So we, about every hour or so we were talking, every 30 minutes or so. And then finally he called me and said, hey, the doctor is supposed to be here in 10 minutes. And after the doctor comes, then we still have to wait. It could be three or four hours or it could be one hour. We don't know how long we'll have to wait for the release papers and all that to go on. But just he said, I think there's a good chance we still may get out of here before noon. Well, they did. They got out before noon. He called me and said, hey, we're out. Can, do you have to? I said, I'm on my way. So I got out on 45, heading uh, to town, heading north on Saturday. And I was making really good time. In fact, I talked to him on the phone. I said, hey, I should be there in about a half hour. He told me where they would be. And I said, I'll just pick you all up. Of course, I was worried about my mom. I didn't want her to have to wait longer than necessary. Feeling a little pressure there just because I wanted her to get home and be okay. But I said, I'll be there quick. Well, if you did any traveling in Houston on Saturday, you know that 610 was shut down. Six, going like to the medical center, six, that, that 610 West, you couldn't get on it from 45. And not only was that shut down, 45 was shut down. And so when I got up to the spot where I would normally veer left to take 610, it was shut. I said to myself, I'll just stay 45 and go straight. Then I'll hit 59 and go in the back way. It was shut, and they were routing all the traffic to the, to the east. And so we, I ended up going 610 East. And now I'm on 225. And so my dad called and said, where are you? I said, I'm on 225, headed to Deer Park. <laughs> if you think that was stressful enough, you should have heard his response to that <laughs> statement. So I went down to Allen Genoa. I turned around and I said, I'll loop it back and I'll hit 45. I'll still, I'll be further down. I can hit 45 and go that way. Well, when I got on to go that way on 45, that was shut down. They rerouted us back south. This is now about 30 minutes since I talked to my dad. He called me again, said, where are you? I said, I'm on 45 south, headed to Galveston. He said, do you realize we're in the medical center? I said, dad, the roads are all shut down. And he said, well, listen, this is ridiculous. He said, I'm going to just call a service if you can't do any better than this. I said, it's not me. It's the roads that are shut down. And he was giving me a hard time. And I said, listen, you stay right where you are. I'm going to figure this out. So I hung up with him. I ended up getting on the beltway that way, out past Sagemont Church, went that way down the beltway, looped back around 288. 
I've never seen so much traffic, so much road work. Finally, to my left, I saw the Astrodome. I said, I can make it from here because I know how to do this. And finally, it, the trip took a lot longer than it should. Finally, I got to where I was. But what I'm saying is, what should have been a leisurely Saturday morning ride across town became a stressful ride. And that's just how stress does. Little by little by little by little, stress builds, and all of a sudden we're like, man, what's going on? Now, the third thing I would say is that stress leads to anxiety. This is a very important thing. And I want to read, you can look this up if you want to. I apologize for not putting the verse on the screen. But in Proverbs chapter 12, if you want to look it up, and in verse 25, this is a tremendous verse. Proverbs 12, 25, it says, Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Listen to this, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. So with stress, there is a progression of if it becomes chronic stress, we don't have a release, we can't get rid of it, it can turn into anxiety, and then we read anxiety becomes depression. So follow that. This is extremely important. You have stress, undealt with, unresolved, you can't make it go away. And now that's causing anxiety. Now, the, the anxiety, anxiety is an epidemic in our culture today. It is an epidemic. In fact, in the Bible, the most underlined verse in all the Bible, the most underlined two verses in all the Bible, is Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, where Paul said, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. But that, for, that verse begins, be anxious for nothing. That's the most marked verse in all the Bible. Because why? Because everybody is anxious. Everybody is having a hard time relaxing. Everybody is, or not, I'm not saying everybody, but many people are having, are having a difficult time getting their mind to slow down and be at peace and relax. And I have had this, and probably most of you have too. Now, what many people do when they're like that, they say, what I've got to do is treat the anxiety. And so they begin to treat the anxiety with medication or some other method. And I'm, sometimes that's probably necessary. I would never be critical of that at all. But if you think about it, if the anxiety was caused by the stress, it might be wiser before you treat the anxiety, which is only a result of the original problem, to go back and cut the head off the snake and manage the stress. Because if you can... Not eliminate it, but if you can manage the stress, common sense would say you would reduce the anxiety. Now, some people are not treating the stress or the anxiety, and it's turning into depression, so now they're treating the depression. Well, I'm not opposed if, if there's a medical reason that a person needs to take something to treat the depression. I'm not. If that's what you and your doctor feel like you need to do, that may be the case. But if you think about it, if much depression is the result of anxiety... And if much anxiety is a result of stress, again, it seems to me it would be wise to deal with the problem. And if we deal with the problem, we reduce the anxiety, we reduce the depression, and now we're not just having to deal with symptoms, we're dealing with the root cause. And so if you're here today and you're saying, man, I'm dealing with some serious anxiety in my life. I am stressed out and there's no outlet. There's no release. It's chronic anxiety. It won't go away. Or maybe you would say it's worse than that. 
Now it's turned into depression. And I've lost hope. I've lost vision. I've lost excitement. I'm flat. I'm down. I have nothing to look forward to. And instead, what I'm saying, instead of initially dealing with or treating the anxiety or the depression, back it up, deal with the stress, and see if by dealing with the stress, you don't eliminate, eliminate and reduce both the anxiety and the depression. So I think what... What I'm saying is, and I think what the Bible, I know what the Bible would teach is when you have a problem, get to the root of the problem. Don't just treat the fruit of it or the symptoms of it or the result of it. Deal, dig deep, dig the root of that problem out, and then you're going to be better off. Now, some, before I get into how we're going to manage the stress, some might naturally say, well, John, I don't think that, uh, that, that stress is causing my anxiety, or some might say it this way, I think I've done about all I can do to eliminate stress, and yet I'm still anxious. I think if you went to a, to a psychiatrist or a Christian psychologist about that, and you said to that doctor, you said, Doctor, I had some real stress in my life, and you started naming all the things you went through. But I've, I, I think I've worked through that. I've made some lifestyle changes, and, I've, and yet I still have the anxiety. So what is the problem now? I think what that doctor might say to you is, the anxiety that you're feeling now is like a bruise. You were wounded with the stress, and now you're dealing with the bruise. But since you have dealt with what caused the injury... In time, that bruise will heal. So again, I'm not necessarily saying that 100% of anxiety and 100% of depression is a result of stress. I'm not saying that. I'm saying much of it is. And if we can deal with the stress, even if we can't eliminate the anxiety and the depression, we can get it down, we can make it manageable, and we can be in a much better place. And so the question now is, how do we manage stress? Now that's the question. Because if we can figure that one out, the anxiety is better, the depression is better, and we are more relaxed, and life will thus be better. Now, what I want to do today, and I don't have as much time as I wish, but probably I have more than you wish I had, so we'll just scoot on through this, probably stressing you out. You say, no, the remaining time is fine for us. We'll take that, and we'll go home in six minutes, okay, and that, that's what I'm going to do for you. I want to take that word stress, S-T-R-E-S-S, and I want to make an acrostic out of it. It's just an easy way to remember it. If I weren't doing it with this, I would say basically the same thing another way. But I think we can just put it all on this word, and it might make it easier for you to remember. So again, I'm not saying anything here that I wouldn't say if I didn't have an acrostic, but this still might be good. S-T-R-E-S-S. Do these things, and I think you're going to manage that stress, reduce that anxiety, reduce that, reduce or eliminate the anxiety and the depression, at least you'll be better than you were uh, without these steps. First of all, what does the S stand for? It stands for simplify your life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 11, Paul said that we should aspire to lead a quiet and peaceful life. Simplify your life. So many, so many of us have lives that are too busy. They're just, you just got too many things going on. And I look back at every time in my life that I've gotten super stressed out, that's led me to being anxious and my mind is flooded. It's always because I've got too much on my plate. I am trying to do too many things at one time, juggling too many balls, and it kind of stresses you out. So simplify your life. That is, look at your schedule 
and ask yourself, is there anything I can eliminate, do differently? For example, if, you're, if, you're, if your stress is caused from your job, here would be three good things you could do there. Think, man, I've got phone calls returned, emails returned, meetings to lead, all these different things, whatever's stressing you out. Here's what I would encourage you to do. First of all, eliminate everything you can. There may be something you're doing that's not really furthering the call, farthing the call. Eliminate it. Stop doing it. Number two, delegate whatever you can. If there's somebody else you work with and they can help you with that, delegate it out and then dedicate the rest of it to God. <laughs> Just say, God, I can't eliminate anymore. I can't delegate anymore. Here's what I got to do. And I'm dedicating it to you. And I'm going to try to, to, uh, to do it that way. So simplify your life. Don't do everything. Number two, trust God with everything. Trust God with everything. Worry adds to stress. Worry is a, uh, is a huge problem, and it can add to stress. Worry, many times we're going through our day, and we start worrying about tomorrow, and that's another one of those things. It's another layer now of stress. So what did Jesus say? Don't worry about tomorrow. I heard about a gas station up in the eastern part of the country. It had a sign that says, free gas tomorrow. <laughs> free gas tomorrow. And everybody came back the next day, and the sign still said, free gas tomorrow. I mean, because tomorrow never gets here. And that's how it is. So don't worry about that. Trust God with everything. Letter R, rest. We're going to simplify our lives. We're going to trust God with everything, not going to worry about anything. We're going to rest. God made these bodies to rest. Now, he could have made you in such a way that you didn't need rest. He could have wired us up where we could go 24 hours a day, seven days a week with no sleep, no rest, but he didn't make us that way. He knew these bodies need about eight hours of sleep at night, and he knew that the bodies need not only sleep, but we need some rest during the day. So try to rest. The E stands for exercise. Very, exercise is a tremendous outlet. Whether you're walking, running, lifting lightweights, stretching, whatever it is, there's something about exercise that is a uh, great thing. The funeral I did on Saturday down in League City, the lady was 88 years old, and she, w she had always walked two miles a day. I mean, for years, that's what she had done. And at the end of her life, she had arthritis and she had some pain, and so her son bought her a huge tricycle. And she would ride that tricycle around the neighborhood. And it was good for her cardiovascularly, but it was also just a good outlet. So look for something that you enjoy doing. And if you don't enjoy uh, walking or running, find something you do enjoy doing. Exercise is a great outlet. S, the next S, spend money wisely. Anything you read on stress, they're going to say one of the biggest stressors out there is, is debt and being in, in financial bondage and all this. So spend your money wisely. Give 10% of your income to God. Give 10% of it to your savings account. And spend the other 80% wisely. At least make that your goal. But spend your money wisely. And then the last one, the, uh, the, the other S, just stands for slow down. And maybe if you don't remember anything else about this today, maybe that would be a good one for us to end with. Just slow down. And go at a, at, a, at a calmer and a slower pace. Years ago, we had a lady in our church. She was celebrating her 90th birthday. And I was talking to her that day, and I said to her, uh, 90 years old, what an incredible blessing. God's given you good health, good mind. She's sharp as a tack. I said, is there anything that you have done? I mean, I know God has given you the, these years, but is there anything you've done that have helped you live 90 years and be in this good a shape? 
I thought she was going to say what she ate or what she, time she went to bed or what something like that. She said, well, she said, I have two principles by which I guide my life. And I said, well, I'd like to know what they are because I'd sure like to live to be 90. And she said, well, they're real simple. She said, I don't worry and I don't hurry. I don't worry and I don't hurry. And I thought, you know, it's not a coincidence that she's 90 years old. And so I encourage, that's a lot easier said than done. I'd be honest with you. It's for me to stand up here and tell everybody, hey, folks, don't worry and don't hurry. Have a great day. And then I rush out of here to the next meeting and worry about the next sermon. So I struggle. I'm living in the same world you're living in. But I'm saying what we've talked about today, I think, will help us to deal and manage that stress. What's that going to do? Reduce the anxiety, reduce the depression, and make us healthier happier, and more productive servants for Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message on stress has been an encouragement to you. You can find this message, along with many others, on our website, www.peacebybelieving.org. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to you being with us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.